The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah, you want him? Yeah. All right, welcome back to Redneck Tech Podcast, episode 166. We have got Fred Bird in here. We are, if you can hear a lot of background noise, we are inside NWTF, National Wild Turkey Federation, National Convention today. And uh, Fred runs social media for NWTF. I do. And obviously he is um, somebody that's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening in social media and content, which is what we like to talk about, whether it's creating content or what people like. Um, we just met, what, 45 seconds yeah. ago? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're going to get to know each other on this podcast. But Great. we were just talking about this right before we started. Um, last year was the first year they did these podcast booths inside of the show, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't hold me to that. I want to say yes. Uh, the year before. No, it was our first year back. So it was, yeah, it was the first time. Because they used to be outside. Yeah. So th- this whole I mean, the listening audience can't see this, obviously, but it was over on the other side of when you walked into registration, which has been there all, all time. You guys were over on there on them doors. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my little show had its own fishbowl right smack in the middle, which looked super dope and great for content creation, except it really sucked for producing because <laughs> you had those speakers right over you, right? Oh, from the, nice. That voice of God that comes on yeah. and gives the annual. At the perfect time, too. Dude, every time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's something only people that produce a show and podcast can, can appreciate. Well, oh, you, yeah. could, you could be in the quietest location that you've ever been in. Huh. And as soon as you start trying to do a sit-down interview, <laughs> yeah. 45,000 planes, yeah. trucks everywhere. Well, that's part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Semper Gumby, <laughs> I always say. And yeah. what's nice about doing this setup is you get that ambient noise, so it, you get that flavor. So for people that can't be here, right, and I tell my audience, it's like, I hope you're jealous. I hope you're hearing this buzz behind <laughs> mm-hmm. us, and you are so motivated to show up here next year and join us in Nashville because yeah. it's a hell of a show. It's only right. been open for an hour, and it's as busy as I've ever seen it. Yeah. So on, a, on a Thursday On a Thursday. Morning. On a Thursday. So exactly tomorrow right. and Saturday, it's going to be a madhouse. Most of these people had to take off work to be here, I would think. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so so tell me about a little bit about yourself and tell me about your podcast first thing. Sure, first. sure. What do you want to know? I mean, it's a kind of a long, exhaustive uh, resume. There's the there it is. Yeah, there, <laughs> there he is. Old <laughs> Kevin Hurst himself right on cue. <laughs> yeah. No, d- d- uh, give me the quick and dirty version of it. So yeah, so I've been with minutes. NWTF since uh, 2015. You're good. <laughs> okay. I didn't, you're good. Normally I just stop. No, uh, I've been good. with the NWTF since 2015. I started out as a regional director, uh, fundraising as part of the field staff in New England. I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, okay. So I had all the New England states. Uh, before that, I was in the Air Force from 99 to 05. I uh, got out of there, spent 10 years trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up because what I did in the military was not going to cut it on the outside. Uh, and here I am. And, you know, it's God works in mysterious ways. And okay, does. Your, your plan is already laid out. You just got to, you know, have that hindsight of 2020. When, and here we are. And I wouldn't uh, probably draw it up any other way as far as I know right now. I mean, yeah. this is it's a pretty unique opportunity, and I'm, I'm glad it's mine. Yeah. So we can't talk about the Air Force the whole time, Ryan. Are, well, are you Air Force? No. 
Oh. No, I just, I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to fly planes, but yeah. uh, I have a cross-eye. It turns out they don't let uh, cross-eyed people fly their multi-million dollar jets. Yeah, yeah, I, I dig that. <laughs> I, t I tried to talk them into my uh, multi-target tracking capabilities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that one. <laughs> not, the, not the bag on my F-16 fighter pilot guys, but they missed the other day. I was like, oof. So. Ooh. Maybe, maybe you would have got it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you've been so you've been doing stuff with uh, social media on the NWTF side for how long now? Say it again. So now I've, I've officially been the social media manager for last year, right, when I came back. So I had a little 18, 20-month stint in between, uh, you know, doing field ops and then working for headquarters staff. Um, during my field ops time, I started the podcast back in 2017. At the time, it was called uh, – the Strut Zone, NWTF All Access. Um, the podcasting thing was really new to me. Like, I really wasn't dabbling in it. I was very much in the throes of being a dad uh, to very young kids, you know, at the, at the time. So 2017 would have been, like, six and four. Mm -hmm. So those are, like, super convenient years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got two that same age right now. Yeah. So, you know, uh, understanding the medium for what it was and what it is back then before it's blown up into this conglomerate crazy thing that it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it as a fundraising mechanism. Yeah. As a fundraiser, I was like, I can sell ad space. If I can put some show together, produce it, have some good content, people will dig. Yeah. I can sell, I can, I can passively uh, raise funds. And that spoke volumes to me. But then getting into it and realizing the power and the reach of the storytelling capability and having your stories be out there in perpetuity, as long as the lights are on the internet as a thing, and you choose to have it out there, these stories are forever captured, and they're out there in ones and zeros, however people want to download mm -hmm. them and consume them. That's powerful for a nonprofit organization, for the National Wild Turkey Federation. At 50 years, here we are, we're trying to tell our story. One of the biggest knocks we get from our own membership, and even internally, is we do a terrible job. Of, we've done a terrible job of telling our story because our story is so rich. It's so multifaceted. It's so level, you know, mm -hmm. that we're doing stuff. As a social media manager, I was just recording with one of our co-CEOs, Jason Burkhalter. I get so much information that comes to me for research projects that are happening in all the states, turkey releases that are happening throughout many of the states, uh, relocation projects. So all this stuff, all these funds that are raised, there is literally things happening in every corner of this country that it's so much I have to titrate it out so that you can consume it. So when you do see it on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever, wherever you're getting your stuff, that you can digest it. Otherwise, it would be information overload. And you probably tune out, right? So there's that management of how do you release what, when, and keep it relevant and in a timely manner. I think we do a pretty good job at that now. We've, we've taken steps to do better at our storytelling. But ultimately, you know, you can't make the horse drink once you get them there. People got to consume it. So right. we, try to, we try to put it in print. We try to make it in digestible 90-second or less videos and reels, just like everyone else is doing, right? We're not reinventing the wheel, but trying to be at least aggressive enough in a way that we're supplying – our audience with every conceivable way of getting that information so that we're checking all the boxes. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, there's going to be something that comes out in the next year or two that we didn't see, and we're like, ha, how do we miss that? Yeah. And that's the world we're living in. What do you see as doing the best right now? What do you see the stories that are resonating the most, that are getting the most traction? Where do you so, see those coming from? Man, it is. I wish I could tell you there's one thing, and yeah. I think anyone that does this for a profession will, will understand what I'm saying. Like, just when you got your finger on it, you think you got it figured yeah. out. They flip a switch on you and change it. So I don't know if it's the algorithmic overlords that decide, yeah, we're going to go this way today and totally flip the script on you. Like one day 
a turkey release coming out of a box. We'll do gangbusters on a Instagram reel or a TikTok. Well, you go to emulate that a week later, and, like, no one's even looked at it. Yeah. So I, I will tell you what people consistently are interested in in our space is research, providing information, providing data. If you can provide an abstract to a, a conservation project that's occurring that they can get their hands on, it's pretty valuable stuff. It's empowering. It tells our story, one, and then it gives those volunteers and people on the ground reason to care, reason to go to a banquet, buy raffle tickets, contribute to the pot, because this is happening. Yeah. You can go there. You can play on it. You can smell it. You can roll in it. You can probably kill on it. Yeah. So you're giving people a look at what what their support is doing. Of course. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a medium that they can look at and yeah. see and hear. And quickly yeah. digest. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to sound disparaging on the audience. I think it's just a, a cultural shift. It's like we went from being able to do long form stuff, which is a side note, put a pin in on, on podcasting and why it works. But long form social media is, is not the way to go, at least right now, as we're living in this current timeline in our history. It was okay. You know, your friends would write a whole soliloquy on Facebook, and in the beginning, we'd all sit there and, holy crap, Marge is, like, really screwed up over there. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but now it's like as soon as you see something that goes over, like, five cents, you're like, oh, no, I'm not getting into yeah. that, and we're going. Yeah. So you've got to tailor this stuff down, uh, video, audio, and print otherwise, to make sure that you're relevant for those people. The attention span's definitely gotten shorter. Right, and that's what it's just... We it, did it to ourselves too. Of course. Yeah, we did it. Let me look at... I tell people this all the time. If you want to know what we've done to ourselves, look at... Watch a... If you've got kids or nieces, nephews, grandkids, whatever, all you got to do is watch the cartoons that they're watching and then just watch how quickly the scene changes. Watch how quickly yeah. those shots are changing. And that's there to suck them in and yeah. make them watch and to look. And we've created this monster there's no story a, yeah well yeah, yeah. even more nowadays and if you've been on tiktok you've seen it i i don't see it as much on instagram it seems to be much more focused on tiktok but you could have say we were filming this podcast and uh we had a minute of a conversation that we wanted to put up well in a vertical format the top third of that video on your phone screen would be the content that we're making right here and underneath that will be some Stupid Maze Runner gameplay. Oh God, I hate yeah. that. To keep people like engaged, because they can't just focus their attention on one thing. Yes, yeah. it's, it. so, it's so weird. And I say they. I mean, obviously, the ambiguous I think, thing. I think we're yeah. all we're all victim to. See the that, one with the onion cutting? They sit there and yeah, cut onions. Like it's all it's crazy what stuff. What are you doing, man? Yeah, um, it's weird. Yeah, one of the coolest stories I've heard on the on the National Wild Turkey Federation side is actually from one of our really good friends, Chuck Belmore. He said he remembers. When he was a, his grandfather was approached in um, Harrelson County when they never had turkeys growing up. And he was little. I don't know how old he was. And they, they, they approached his grandfather about releasing turkeys on their property. And he's like, I was there when they let them out of the yeah, box. Great story. And he's like, now we're hunting in Harrelson County. Like on WMAs, on private land. He's like, they're there. And when I was growing up, they weren't. And it was really cool to see. He's like, you know, they put those out on my grandfather's place that we don't have anymore. But that was the first. That was the first wild turkey I ever saw. If, if not four, right? Yeah, it's yeah. powerful. It's it, it is, and, and like which I get in this debate all the time is I, we we do a lot of work. We do work all over the country. I think we did like twenty two states and three countries last year, and, and filming hunts and stuff all over yeah. the place. But we spend a lot of time out west in the mountains, and you get to talking to guys out out there about like turkey hunting. They're like turkey hunting. It's like man. That is, I would rather turkey hunt than just about anything. Yeah. And, and they just don't get it. 
they don't they don't get what's happening in this room. They don't get the story behind the NWTF. And I know Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has done some really cool stuff, and elk are big and majestic and all that stuff. But turkeys are just fun, man. Yeah. And I think that's the story that we try and tell the most. And, and I love how you keep going back to stories and stories because that's the conversation that we have all the time is like, what why are, are we telling a story with what we're doing? Because like Redneck Tech Podcast, obviously, I, just to give you a little background, that's kind of our our podcast to talk about how to be a better outdoor content creator. But Copeland Creative is our main business where yeah. we produce content for lots of clients and TV shows and web shows and all that. But we're obviously, we're all the time having the conversation, how do we tell better stories? And like the film that we sent you, which no one's ever seen yet, we still haven't put it out. No I don't even, know what you're talking about. Yeah, no one's, yeah, no <laughs> one's. Wait, we, don't, we did a film? And we haven't even told anybody what it's about yet. Yeah. Wait, and, you, uh, guys, you guys have jobs here? <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, hey, you guys are getting paid? Like we, we did that because we felt like every hunting film that we've ever seen is kind of the same thing. It's been cookie cutter, right? It's been For very, at least 10 years. And we've been trying... We wanted to break that mold, and we're like, okay, well, nobody's going to pay us to do this. We're just going to do it on our own. Yeah, there's a goose call That's going on in the background. Turkey. That's not a turkey. But, you know, it's those stories, stories resonate with people no matter what walk of life they come from. And that's, that's kind of our hardest thing that we talk to each other about all the time. It's like, okay, how do we best tell this story or that story? Or what's a better version of that story that we've already told? Yeah. You know, how many times can you see a deer, a deer or a turkey get shot in a video? It's like, okay. Well, how do we not make it about making sure we kill a turkey or making sure we kill a deer or making sure we kill an elk? How do we listen to emotion, talk about, you know, family, friends, and you know, a certain field, a certain house, a certain tree, or whatever. Like, dig down deep into the minutia of what resonates with people. Sure. Um, and that's, that's what we, we're trying to do. And it, just for, to hear someone like yourself having your finger on the pulse of things and saying stories are resonating, stories are resonating, I just want that to be you know, our listeners to get that beat in your head is like, don't just go out there and do pretty shots to pretty music. Like that might get you some views and everything, but don't make sure things tell a story. Right. You know, that's that's our, our our biggest battle all the time. There's a handful of things human beings have been doing since we walked upright, mm-hmm. right? Whatever your belief system is, I I think it started that way, but whatever. I'm, I'm going to digress from that yeah. story, right? Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, we procreated, we ate meat. We try to not get eaten, mm-hmm. and we told stories. Yeah, we start. That's how you have a history. That's how you end up with a recorded history. Yeah, right. So we've always done that. It's only in the last century, give or take a decade or so, plus, that we've, like you said, we've gotten so distracted. Yeah, that it's it's waned, and it's and then, you know there's shadowy hands, and there's it's, I think it's probably by design. Mm-hmm. But we can control that narrative. Yeah. we don't have to, you know, cede to that content creators like yourself if you want to tell a good story that's that's on you to change the the paradigm and yeah. you know challenge that's, and yourself. that's exactly what we try to do yeah yeah and, and same thing here like not doing the same thing you know showing a turkey project or a turkey release the same way we've done for 25 years yeah. or more like there what are the what are the value systems here what are the levels to this story mm-hmm. you know yeah. if there's a nostalgic twist on it can we tap into that because right now we're like i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but our, our society has got, like, a, a, an addiction to nostalgia right now. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Like, something I never saw before. I mean, it's just because so much is recorded now. You can go back and find it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. crazy to watch old retro 
stuff from the 80s when I was a kid, you know, watching commercials. I'm like, ah, I remember that. That's great. And you get that tingle in. You're like, that's fun. Yeah. They never had that, I don't think, going forward. So you maybe it's just all new. Recreate yeah. But so many people, you, you can't live in the past. So that's my point, right? So your storytelling, you have to advance the story. It's mm-hmm. got to evolve. It's got to be current and move forward. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just doing the same crap over and over again, right? Yeah. 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 Well, you said 12.15. It's 12.16. Man, now. I could talk forever. I'm going to. I'm going to go over to my booth now and do it. We'll do it, too, man. <laughs> well, hey, that was our little micro podcast with uh, with Fred, man. I really appreciate your time, Thanks dude. Thanks for having me, guys. Heck Thanks yeah. for being here yeah. and the support. And if you ever need anything. Good luck telling stories. Absolutely. Hell, yeah. If you ever need anything, holler at us, man. Yeah, I really sure. appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Deuces.